and welcome to the Not Your Type podcast, aimed to uplift and empower everyone in the diabetic community, from supporters to professionals, and of course, those living with it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Type podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Gothi, and today we're going to be talking about books. So there's actually quite a lot of diabetes and T1D related books out there. They can still be a little hard to find, but I've read quite a few children's books that are centered around diabetes when I go to classrooms and do school visits educating others about diabetes, and it's interesting to see the different aspects of the disease that they tackle. I've highlighted some of them on my Instagram, at Miss Polk County 2023, if you'd like to check some of those titles out. The book that we're focusing on today is called Rosie Becomes a Warrior, and it's about a young girl named Rosie who is dealing with her diabetes diagnosis, worried that she's different from other people or that she suddenly can't do things anymore. But then she comes to realize that she can still be successful with her T1D and be everything that she wants to be. That's something that I really struggled with when I was first diagnosed. I thought all of my future plans were interrupted and were no longer attainable. And I just felt so isolated and lonely But because I had a community to back me up, I was able to get through that. And now books like this, like Rosie Becomes a Warrior, are going to help so many kids who are diagnosed and even adults feel like there's a place for them in this world. So today I'm interviewing Julia Flaherty, the author of Rosie Becomes a Warrior, and she's going to share so many great things with you all. So enjoy listening, buy your own copy of Rosie Becomes a Warrior. And let's get into it. Welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for being here. You are an author of a book. So I want you to tell us a little more about yourself and the book that you wrote. Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name is Julia Flaherty, and I've been living with type 1 diabetes for almost 20 years now. A few years ago, I decided to write a book about type 1 diabetes, and that is a children's book called Rosie Becomes a Warrior, which has since become a series. And this series is designed to empower children with type 1 diabetes and their families to live their happiest lives. So the book series explains the signs of type 1 diabetes. It also provides children and their families with some top-line diabetes management tips to get them started on their journey, and I think most importantly, helps parents understand what their child might be thinking or feeling during their diagnosis and just offers a support tool to children going through one of the most difficult times of their lives. I remember I got a few books when I was diagnosed, so I've been living with it for 12 years now, and none of it had characters that I could really relate to. It was like stuffed animals or you know fictional characters that maybe had a friend in passing that had diabetes, things like that. So I love that you're bringing that representation to it. Um, And I just also love that you're kind of sharing your personal experience with diabetes. So my next question was going to be, what is your connection to type one? So I mean, what was that diagnosis like? Do you have a family history of diabetes? Are you the only one? What did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, so when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I was the first one in my family to ever have it. And then years later, I had 
a cousin and another relative be diagnosed. So it seems like there is some sort of connection, but it's very hard to say because we know that scientists don't know the exact cause yet. They have some idea of what it might be, but not exactly. And I think that my experience being diagnosed as a 10-year-old is very close to what Rosie experiences as an eight-year-old. So when she's asking questions like, mom, am I ever going to be able to eat ice cream again? Those are things that I was asking and that were important to me at 10 years old. So these very like, what seems silly to us as an adult, but is so important to kids. And, you know, even as an adult, you go through those questions of, what can I eat now? And I think that, you know, that's something that we continue to go through every day of our lives managing diabetes, because as our bodies change and as we get older, we're reacting differently to foods that might have been easy when we were first diagnosed and going through a honeymoon period. Uh, I know that term is kind of retired, but that's what doctors called it when I was initially diagnosed when I didn't need as much insulin for things. So it's very interesting how things change, but I think the core message stays the same that we need support and we need information at every step of our life with diabetes. And I know for me, I had the honeymoon phase as well and mine yeah. lasted quite a while. And then it was really hard when it kind of wore off because right. it was like you were relearning how to live with diabetes because it was so different. And so it definitely comes in different stages of your life and you know acts differently at those different stages. So it's important for all people to read Rosie's story or your story, my story, because yeah. they're all so different, but they're also so similar that we can all kind of relate in that way. And that's why I love that you are sharing a story about it. So I guess my next question is what inspired you to write a book as opposed to maybe other forms like social media advocacy or podcasting, not that you don't do that either, but but what really inspired you to write this book? I've always loved the art of storytelling. I love being creative. I love writing. And I knew I always wanted to write a book and I didn't know exactly what that would be or how that would look. But I had the idea for Rosie Becomes a Warrior I believe around the time the COVID-19 pandemic first started because we were all looking for different forms of hope and support where we could find it. And when I thought about, you know, a time where I felt really confused or lacked hope or lacked a feeling of support, I remembered my type 1 diabetes diagnosis and how scary that was. And I'm not trying to compare the experience of living with type 1 diabetes to going through COVID. Obviously, those are very different things. But I mean, you know, when things are so different, and we've never experienced them before, we, we need people to say, we're here for you. This is not the first time in history that it's happened. I know it feels like it to you because you're going through it as an individual. And that's what I really hope that Rosie can do is speak to not only parents, but really get down on kids' levels and help them feel seen and understood and help them communicate with their parents in ways they might not understand how to communicate. They might not even know that they feel yet. 
I remember I was diagnosed when I was 11. And I remember, even though my dad is also a diabetic, it felt so life shattering. It was like everything just turned upside down. And I was the only person in my class to be diabetic up until I graduated school. I mean, it was so isolating. I felt like I no longer could achieve any of the things I wanted to. I couldn't, you know, do the same things as everyone else. And it's frustrating when other people think that too. And so you're not just changing Mm -hmm. the minds of those people diagnosed, you're helping change the minds of those who don't understand diabetes and are maybe scared of what it means to have a friend who's diabetic or know someone in their class. I mean, that's what's really cool about this book series is you get to change the minds of everyone about what diabetes is and how it affects our life. And you can still be a warrior or, you know, for me, a teacher or a writer or whatever you want yeah. to. Be. I love that. So right. And that that's definitely the message that I hope to get across is making the conversation of diabetes more approachable and not being afraid to have friends with diabetes. I I experience a lot of what you just said. I remember growing up in a small town and not knowing anyone that had diabetes and feeling like I was the only person. So I totally relate. So many good things. And what inspired you to make those follow-up stories? Did you just feel like Rosie's story wasn't done yet? Or are each of those books kind of targeted to certain topics within diabetes? Yeah, I thought a lot about making the book into a series versus a standalone one because I wanted to branch out and offer more types of support. And one thing that I did not do as a kid was go to diabetes summer camp. So the second book focuses on Rosie going to diabetes summer camp because I believe if I would have leaned into that a little more as a kid and developed connections within the diabetes community, early on, I would have got the source of compassion and support and understanding and shared frustration that I was looking for that no one could around me could truly understand or provide. And, you know, thank goodness they couldn't. I wouldn't wish type 1 diabetes on anyone. But at the same time, I I felt so isolated. And I don't think I knew how isolated I felt until I felt a sense of relief of connecting with young people in my early 20s who were also going through it. So I hope it acts as a source of encouragement for children and their families to give diabetes summer camp a try. I went to a summer camp that was not focused on children with diabetes, which really benefited me. But I think, you know, if I would have done both or if I would have prioritized diabetes camp over that one, things would have been different. So. Yeah. I also never went to diabetes camp. I always Mm -hmm. wanted to, but I think I was too scared because some of those things are really scary when you're especially and diabetic traveling. Mm -hmm. I recently went out of the country for the first time. I went to Canada, not that exciting, but still out (laughs) of the country. That's still exciting. It's a new place. (laughs) It was very cool. Um, my family. So fortunately I had people, but it's still scary because you oh, have yeah. to have these medications. You have to make sure you're adjusting to if there's a time difference. I mean, there's so many things you have to think of. And with summer camp, you're being active. And I do wish that's one of my my regrets is not going to summer camp because we all would have been in the same boat. I don't know why I thought I would be so unique when we would all be the same there. Um, right. But that community is so important. And for me, I found that with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. I don't know if you've ever worked with them, but they- yeah 
they visited me in the hospital when I was diagnosed. And that's kind of where I found that community. And it always makes me so emotional to think, what if they hadn't? What if I didn't have that community there? So I love that you're showing people who maybe have no family connection or history that there is a community out there and it's important to get engaged with them. So that's awesome. Yeah, I remember my first introduction to diabetes community being through JDRF as well. So that really resonates with me. But speaking to your writing, so you said you have always really liked it. Was it always your dream to be a writer? Is it more just a passion project that you do for fun? Is that your occupation now? Well, I really wanted to be an actress when I was little and I had that dream for so long. But then, you know, I grew up and I got to college and I realized the reality of making it and being so scared of not having health insurance. So I prioritized finding a good job with health insurance over everything. I wouldn't say the love for like theater is completely gone, but it's definitely more something I appreciate from afar now. And I learned to translate my love of storytelling into a different career path. So I am a marketer and I really enjoy that. And I think I was able to use some of those skills in my book series. I love that you brought up acting because I'm a musical theater nerd. I love acting, everything in the arts. I'm a music teacher, so I love the performing (sighs) arts. And that's a really interesting point is that's a sacrifice with T1D that people don't necessarily think about, but we always have to live with is when you're 26, 27, you're off your parents' insurance. You have to make those very real and very unique uh, sacrifices to make sure you have the correct health insurance because you don't get a choice over taking insulin. And when it becomes a choice, we suffer from very unfortunate consequences. So that's a really unique thing about diabetes that kind of just adds to the stress and the the scariness of it is it's one thing when you're you know 11 but it's another thing when you're an adult and Mm -hmm. have to start making those those big girl decisions (laughs) I know and you know not everyone feels that way or thinks that way and I'm so happy for people that go for it but you know we all need to like prioritize differently so so the title of your book is Rosie the warrior. And the word warrior is used a lot in the T1D community, at least as far Mm -hmm. as I've noticed. What does being a warrior mean to you and to Rosie? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. I think I'll start with Rosie because she goes through this period of confusion and having fear around what type 1 diabetes is and what it will mean for living with it and how her parents will be involved and is she the only one so I think to Rosie it means overcoming working through feeling through recognizing that her fears and her confusion is valid and finding empowerment anyway finding empowerment through life's big challenges because whether you live with diabetes or have another chronic illness or have another big life event or difficulty that you're going through, I think that's the greatest takeaway that any of us can have because it allows us to not only move forward, but be present in our lives and be 
intentionally present and intentionally joyful. And I think that's the truly greatest gift that any of us can have. And it's so hard to do when you live with a chronic illness because your thoughts are always divided in a million directions. But when you can find content through all of that, that's amazing. And obviously that is a big concept to try and like share with children, but I hope it gives them a taste and maybe they'll recognize what the, what I hope the book does for them in their adulthood, having those messages planted early on to really help them feel like empowered adults and that diabetes is life altering, but it doesn't have to stop the ambitions that they have for themselves. I want to help them with confidence as early as possible. I think we all struggle with that throughout our lives. And in a lot of ways, that's the same for me. That's such a beautiful answer. Oh my gosh. I I fully agree. I've always said that when people ask me, you know, if you could go back and choose to not have diabetes, would you? I mean, of course the answer is I don't want to live with this. But right. at the time, I would not be the person I am without my diabetes experience, without yeah. my journey. And while I cannot wait for the day there's a cure, I'm so much stronger, more resilient, hardworking, and I feel like compassionate than I would have been mm-hmm. if I did not experience this. And so those are the ways yeah. that we're warriors. We have to be because mm-hmm. otherwise we can just let this disease bring us down, but we're choosing not to. And so I love that Rosie is a young person who's showing that because it's one thing to say it as adults who have lived with it for years, right. but to be someone who does it when they're diagnosed is so amazing. And I just, I wish I had this book when I was diagnosed. I know it would have had such a good impact on me. So I, I can't thank you enough for, for bringing that representation and that positive light onto a new diagnosis. A little bit away from the book. So aside from some of the things you talk about with Rosie, what's something you wish people knew in general about diabetes? That everyone within the diabetes community needs and deserves love, respect, and support. We don't need to deal with misconceptions and stigmas. And I hope if you are believing some of those misconceptions and stigmas, you take it upon yourself to listen to diabetes advocates and diabetes community members about what the true lived experience is like. The more grace and kindness and patience we have with each other, the better. And I think we need a lot more of that now, more than ever. And, you know, people within the diabetes community love sharing their stories. So if, you know, you'll listen. We're willing to have productive conversations with you. I love that. I actually, that's why this is called the Not Your Type podcast is because there's so many misconceptions and stereotypes. I mean, when I was diagnosed, I was bullied for having diabetes because people didn't understand. I had people who, you know, walked to the other side of the room from me saying they didn't want to catch what I had, or they asked, did you eat too much sugar? And Mm -hmm. Even these things that people still say to this day, you don't look like a diabetic. And it's like, well, I am one. So I do look like a diabetic because I I have diabetes. So Not Your Type is showcasing people like you and Rosie and me and all the other guests that I bring on 
because diabetes is going to look different in everyone. And it's important to recognize that there's a lot of us out there. We're all really passionate about ending this and not being a diabetic anymore and just dispelling those myths so we can all, you know, advocate together. Diabetes sucks to have, but thank goodness we all have each other. I think that's the best thing that any of us can get out of this experience. (laughs) My favorite quote I've ever heard was at a JDRF summit and it was one of the presenters and he said, the best medicine other than insulin is community. And it's literally stuck with me since 2019 when I first heard him say that. So absolutely. I love the T1D community. It's so tight knit and it's just so special because no one else actually gets it (laughs) until you're in a room full of type one diabetics who can just talk about everything without having to rationalize or explain or myth bust. It's we're all there and we're all experiencing it together. And it's just, it's so special. So my last question before we do a little rapid fire moment is what advice, what advice would you give to aspiring authors or those who are interested in writing a book? Don't worry about doing it perfectly. Trust your gut and connect with people that can help fill areas of your book production that you can't fill yourself. Um, Lean into other people's strengths. For example, if you're primarily a writer and aren't really an illustrator, you don't have to do everything yourself. There are illustrators out there that you can partner with. Some of those are even in the diabetes community. There are marketers that can help you sell your book online. There are many events and festivals that want to hear your story. So don't be afraid to bring others into the experience of developing your book. I know my mom and I are interested in writing a children's book that's centered around diabetes. So oh, how great. I, will, I will definitely be sharing that advice with her. Awesome. <laughs> so last thing is just a little rapid fire. So I have a few quick questions. First one, what is your favorite low snack? Gummy bears. I love it. Mine are uh, (laughs) raisins or granola bars. (laughs) Really random. I got tired of juice. I got really burnt out on juice. Yeah, juice gets old really quick. But if you're not hungry, it's nice to have around. (laughs) True. All right. Since you're an author, favorite book? I, I don't know if I'm going to say it correctly. So forgive me if it's wrong, but it's called Molokai. It's this really, it's this really beautiful story about this girl from many decades ago who goes through a period of um, disease on the Hawaiian island. I'm not, I'm not explaining this well, so please don't come for me, anyone who's listening to this. It's been a while since I read it, but I, I loved it because when I was reading it, it felt like I was watching a movie in my head, if that makes sense. The author just did such a good job of laying everything out and telling the story. And it was such a unique story that it stuck it stuck with me to a degree, apparently. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Favorite to read, fiction or nonfiction? Mm-hmm. I think I like a good mixture of both. I do like biographies. Um, I like knowing people's personal stories and where they're coming from any specific type of biographies you like any people notable that stick out I liked reading Amy Polders because 
I loved watching Parks and Rec, so I wanted to know all of her fun little stories along the way. That is one of my favorite shows, <laughs> so I will have to read it. Oh, her awesome. And in terms of Rosie Becomes a Warrior, what's next? Is there another book that you're writing? Did one just come out? Anything you want to share with the series? I I don't have any plans right now to develop a third book, but I've been asked a lot lately. So maybe it's time to start thinking about what a third story might be for Rosie. My dream is to get it in the JDRF's Bank of Hope. I don't know if that will happen because it's quite competitive from what I can tell. There are a lot of great books for them to consider. And honestly, I'm just so happy to see the diversity of books that are out there. Um, it's not about getting my book necessarily in it, but is a goal I had from the beginning. So maybe just getting it at a JDRF event in general. <laughs> Well, we we can make that happen. We will figure out how that <laughs> happen. And last question, where can we find you? Where can we follow along with you and, and with Rosie? Yeah, so you can see all of the book updates at rosiethet1dwarrior.com. And Rosie has her own Instagram. It's at rosiethet1dwarrior. If you want to connect with me as a person, my handle is at Miss J Flair but I update my Rosie the T1D warrior profile the most and if you just want book updates you should go there awesome thank you so much for writing your story for sharing it here and just being a guest this has been so incredible and I can't thank you enough oh thank you it's been so fun to connect with you I appreciate it Thank you so, so much, Julia, for being on my podcast. We are so grateful to have someone like you in our community, creating stories just like Rosie's and representing a group of people that deserve to be heard. If you'd like to get your own copy, go to the accounts that Julia mentioned before or rosiethet1dwarrior.com to get your own copy of this book. Thank you for supporting her. Thank you for supporting me. And I'll see you on the next one. Until next time.